Hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of Kavam, a Doctor Who podcast where generally we talk about all things DVDs, Blu-rays, special features, documentaries, all about Doctor Who. Um, and while we're not specifically doing that today because of course there was a brand new episode of Doctor Who to enjoy, The Power of the Doctor. So we're going to be chatting all about that. We're going to be chatting about the new logo that's being released for RTD2, the prospect of a Disney collaboration as well with Doctor Who um, that will see hopefully some exciting changes for the future, I think, um, but at least the distribution deal as well. So, of course, I'm joined as always by my uh, three this week, three trusty companions, Bill, Ryan and Charlie. Uh, Charlie, you haven't been, you've been here and there the last few episodes, but it's great to have you back this time. Um, and I'm really looking forward to chatting all about the power of the Doctor. So what... Did, did did it live up to expectations or down to expectations for you? Um, I'd say it. <clears throat> I'd say it exceeded my expectations. Okay. Not in the sense that it was a masterpiece and it was fantastic, because it wasn't. Um, but honestly, I expected it to be a really convoluted, really pretty bad mess. Um, it was definitely made much sense. It could have scrapped a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, I still feel it was a load of fun, had a lot more like cameos and like big shock twist moments that really caught me off guard. And I, I really think Chibnall um, kind of, kind of, um, you know, ended the era on something resembling a high, which I think is quite good because the era itself has been kind of patchy, well, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> and it's good that... Um, we aren't less left with um, too bad of a taste in our mouths after yeah. um, the episode we had on Sunday. And I think, um, I know lots of people, well, there are, there are certain circles of people complaining about the number of cameos and stuff in the episode. But personally, I thought that absolutely elevated it. And I feel my main criticism with lots of the era is that it doesn't really feel too much like Doctor Who. And I feel this episode, it's especially absolutely flipped it on its head and just if it's felt the most Doctor Who-ish that it has really since the end of the Capaldi era. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not even mentioning, you know, David Tennant, the trailer yeah. we got at the end, yeah. um, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's not a great episode. It's not heaven sent. It's not the Doctor Falls, but it doesn't need to be. I think, yeah, I think that's a very succinct way of putting it, really. Yeah, I, I strongly agree. Um, well, Bill, we'll come to you next. Um, thank you for joining us once again. And yeah, where, where, where did you sit on the power of the Doctor? Was it, was it what you hoped it would be? Um, well, going into it, um, as I'm sure we've discussed multiple times previously, um, I didn't. I was kind of very cautious and unsure about it because I wasn't too sure, really, whether Chris Chibnall could actually pull it off. I think, to be honest, for the most part, I think he actually did, which is like, I'm very happy about. I'm very pleasantly surprised about because um, not anything against Chris Chibnall. It's just that just given how much stuff was going on in this episode, the fact that I came away feeling like, I mean, I still, I still have some issues of it, but I feel like for the most part, it handled most of pretty well and um especially when it came to the cameos like the old doctors coming back they were all written extremely well and yeah. the way they came back made sense in terms of the wider plot and it wasn't just fan service for the sake of fan service it was like you know there was a reason why they came back and it made sense in the context of the episode and then um obviously you had tegan and ace and then uh, some other older companions he had in Chesterton. I mean, that was so yeah, lovely right. to see him back. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Joe, you had Mel, and yeah, it was just really lovely. And and Graham, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, although we already knew he was coming back, but well, yeah. still nice. Um, I think this is it's kind of a weird special, I think, because obviously straight after this episode like next year we're going to be getting the actual 60th anniversary yeah. specials the three specials but i think if say chris chibnall and jody whitaker had stayed another year i think this is probably how chibnall would have tackled the 60th mm. essentially because it's yeah. kind of in that kind of um anniversary kind of vibe i know it's celebrating bbc centenary but for the show itself it's not 
quite such a big anniversary yet and yet it still feels like one which mm-hmm. i really liked and it, it just made it even more of a very special episode yeah exactly i think that's the, that's one of the best ways to put it is yeah this is probably chibnall's 60th anniversary essentially um just to give it a year early and well i don't know how much that's affected and what rtd's done next year but um it'll be interesting to find out and so ryan we come to you um you obviously have had pretty low expectations going into this would you say you know we've talked since well i guess pretty much for the last year or so since flux was happening we talked about what you were expecting of the centenary special and and what you thought it might be and how you might feel about it so having finally seen it how how does that stack up with your expectations well i did say a year ago that i didn't think i was going to love it and I didn't completely love it I don't think it's a masterpiece by any stretch but surprisingly I actually really enjoyed it now granted it does in some way highlight Chibnall's fault as a showrunner because there's a lot of stuff that he does you expect will be brought up but they don't like properly wrapping up the timeless child and the mystery of the fugitive doctor and all those different and into a some sections of flux like was the universe actually restored or was it damaged who knows and yeah everything to do with the division like what was the division before flux and you know everything you think you would expect to be brought up didn't get brought up and in a way it highlights just kind of how in the end how pointless all of that was like the whole time of child it kind of ended up meaning nothing by the end did it left wondering well if it wasn't going to get again resolved why did they bother doing it in the first place so mm. that is very frustrating but if if they did try and do that i think we would have had another time of the doctor situation on our hands where they tried to wrap up do too many things yeah in one short story and it ends up being a confused jumbled mess because I think that was the problem with Matt Smith's last episode was that they tried to do so much in one hour like wrapping up every loose thread of his run and trying to be a regeneration story and all this different stuff and it just ended up not working and I feel like in a way I feel like Chibnall must have known of that and so he decided instead just do like a one-off kind of story that was in some ways, own 60th level. And honestly, given the options, I think this was the better choice because it's definitely the more entertaining choice, the much more, mm-hmm. I think, the much more co- cohesive choice. And in that point, I actually kind of prefer, much prefer this over Time of the Doctor, to be honest, because mm-hmm. when Time of the Doctor had some higher highs, yeah, that, that story also had much, much lower lows for me. So... In a way, I feel like this is more consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, I would put this on the same level as the end of time, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, in a way, this kind of reminded me a lot of the end of time in that they're both chaotic messes, <laughs> but at least they're glorious chaotic yeah. messes. And frankly, I wouldn't have had it any other way. So yeah, yeah it does have some problems. And I, in the end, I didn't completely love it. But in the end, that didn't really matter, to be honest. I think I think you summed up pretty well that it really was, for many fans, I think, something just quite a bit better than we thought it was going to be. Like, that's that's the bottom line. We, we all kind of went in expecting the worst. And in reality, we got a really good episode of Doctor Who that, yes, it has its flaws. And yes, it is full of fan service. But we're all massive Doctor Who fans. So when they're quoting the Dalek Master Plan or, you know, talking about survival or stuff, like, we just love it. Like, we, you know, it's just great fun. Um, And, you know, with an episode like this, I feel like it's kind of your license to do that for an episode because it's essentially the anniversary, as we say, an anniversary special. So bring back Doctors, bring back Companions, throw in loads of references. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, you know, as as you said, Ryan, I think quite interestingly that actually this story probably worked a lot better because it is, as much as it's full of references, it is actually a very standalone story. Like it's not like the whole plot, it doesn't really link back to anything from the era so far. It's just kind of the master's 
internalized bonkers plot that doesn't really make any sense but it doesn't really matter because i feel like whereas Stephen moffat tried to give like the master really complex sort of motivations with missy and you know go into loads of depth with that kind of chibnall's just sort of gone well i remember the master from the 80s anthony only just did bonkers things every week that made absolutely no sense but it was quite fun wasn't it so i'm just going to do that with the master again yeah and it sure resulted in probably i'm sure we're gonna get this to this later but it did result in probably one of him one of the top five most bizarre wtf moments in dot two history that legit made my jaw drop which yeah. rarely happens but it did well yeah. we'll get into that much later yes. i'm sure we yeah. will yeah exactly exactly and so yeah i just think that's really really interesting um, that yeah, Chibnall has a different approach, but actually in this episode, it was really effective and, you know, made a, a, an episode that felt like it was going at a hundred miles an hour the whole way through, like right from the start, it felt like, yeah, we're, we're racing through this, but there was always something kind of interesting enough to keep your attention. And I guess at points it maybe you know, you kind of lost where you were a little bit, but I felt like it was always reasonably cohesive. Um, obviously, alongside loads of eye candy of classic Doctors and Companions and whatever, that just kind of, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, another one. Way so happy, um, which is always fun. Um, so I don't know, Charlie, what the sort of the story in general, like the whole, you know, Dalek, Cybermen, Master plot that kind of quite nicely intertwined, I thought, kind of, did you feel like that really worked to kind of shape the whole story? Um, well, as a short answer, no, um, it, it was very confusing. It was very hard to follow. I, on the first watch, I didn't really care because I was just like, but as yeah. you said, yeah, classic doctors, classic companions references. Um, the master was great and he was wearing, you know, all the past doctors clothes and stuff. It was fantastic. Um, and on a second watch, I pay very close attention and I, I pretty much understand the plot, but it's on the first watch. Yeah. It's really hard to follow. Um, like the master stealing this quarrying thing to power a planet to, force regenerate the doctor and the daleks are here as well and like it's very very convoluted and confusing yes which i kind of expected from the plot um so i'm not overly disappointed because at the same time it was loads of fun but yeah that was like its main uh flaw in the sense that mm -hmm. it was very packed full of stuff um like yeah, there was a whole unit um, invasion thing, which oh, yeah. I think could have been cut quite a bit because it got very tedious and we just mm. got like a three minute scene every 20 minutes. And it was, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of that. I think if you removed everything to do with the Daleks, it would have worked a lot smoother, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole thing with the, um, the like, betraying is a lot better in other stories, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you remove everything to do with the Daleks, I think it would have been a lot more, you know, nice and smooth and streamlined. Um, but of course, you know, it's an anniversary special in every sense except the literal one. So you've got to have a Dalek. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I think as you say, like the, I've kind of almost forgotten about that. The sort of betraying Dalek thing is just pretty pointless it's basically just a ploy to get the doctor to come to the planet i suppose but like it feels a bit like why did what you know why even bother and and as you say the unit stuff is probably the main thing in this unfortunately the main stuff that does feel a little bit tedious a little bit like as great as it is to see ace and tegan also i didn't feel like that invested in that sort of plot line and i was kind of like okay yeah let's get back to the you know the doctor and the master and all that kind of stuff that felt like the most interesting and engaging aspect to the to the story i i felt like i don't know bill did you find the plot as difficult to understand as well uh i've only watched it once so um <laughs> i can't say for certain yet whether i fully understood it okay. um i think again I, i'd have to say i let yeah I, I didn't fully understand it but in a way i didn't mind so much because i was having such a fun time of the special in general mm -hmm. um that i didn't mind so much that the master's plan from what i was able to make out made literally no sense i think it's literally a classic example of chibnall saying 
right, I want to do a story in this location, but I also want to do it in this location and yeah. then in another location. Like yeah. um, I did in Praxis, I remember, is a classic, mm -hmm. another good example of it. Yeah. And um, I just, I feel like whenever the chip tried to do that, it just hasn't really worked quite as well as I think the writers have hoped, especially mm -hmm. Chibnall. And in this instance, it didn't quite make sense why the master was stealing uh, paintings, stealing seismologists, and then was trying to make the doctor rege force regenerate into him and, and how that was all supposed to connect together. It, and then you got the Daleks and Cybermen doing stuff as well. And yes. Yeah, just saying it out loud now, it sounds very convoluted. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I think like like I said, it's it's still like you can have fun with the special overall. Mm. So it's not like you're kind of scratching your head that much that you're not able to enjoy the special at all. Mm. It's just that it is a completely bonkers plot, which mm. doesn't really kind of go anywhere such um but it's still kind of enjoyable i don't know it's 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 weird it is very strange like again i don't i would never understand christian's obsession with um having things in different places around the world uh, yeah. i think that's very strange huh yes all the captions, of course, classic Chris. Yep. Yeah, the did give me a little bit of a PTSD flashback to Flux because yes. Flux had a overload of captions and dates. And oh, which, yeah. Was it like Survivors of the Flux, I think, yeah. had about 12 of those in it or something, mm. didn't it? <laughs> oh, one of the many reasons why that storyline just did not work at all. Yes. So, yes, I don't funny. think it overused too much in this. I mean, it wasn't quite a lot, but not to the degree of I think Flux did it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think, yeah, I think they um, Chris managed to rein it in a little bit compared to him going wild with the names and the locations in Flux that just got a bit bonkers. Um, but Ryan, yeah, for you, the plot, was it was it something that worked? Did it come to a satisfying conclusion? I don't know, where, where do you sit on the actual sort of fundamental story behind this episode? I mean, in a way, it's kind of, as it does sort of remind me a bit of the end of time a little bit. In yeah. that. And also, to even to a certain extent, Legopolis a little bit, because the Masters plan in both those other two stories didn't really make that much sense either. Like, in the end of time, he just wants to make everyone like him just so he can have an army to conquer the universe that's a bit bizarre and basic and a bit like why would the master even go to that extreme and then with especially with Logopolis it's very unclear about what it is the master really wants to do in that mm. story so it's it was kind of like that and and yeah I still love Logopolis despite that so and in a way it was a little bit Similar to this, where yes, the master plan was convoluted, but in a way, I could sort of move past that because I've been used to this so much in the past that it didn't really bother me. And in a way, I kind of like the idea of he wants to take over the doctor because, in a way, some way, he wants to be like the doctor. Because it throughout watching Sasha Dewan's run as the Marty master, you can see there's a little bit of self-loathing mm. in himself that he kind yeah. of hates himself even because in the time as children as much as I really didn't like that story I do like that one little bit where he was just like oh he, he did it he, that little death particle didn't go off or explode I actually would have been fine with that and so he kind of a little bit of again self-loathing and when he yeah so that's why he wants to be the doctor because I the it gets all the best stuff why not me and so mm. and then at the end when he's having to go back he's like please don't make me go back to being me and and yeah. I, I do quite like there's a little bit of that um that little bit of a, a sadness tragedy to his master despite the fact that he is so ludicrous i mm. do like the fact that they've given him a little bit more depth and in a way he does it 
I think he does it better than John Sim did in his earlier appearances. Now, don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore John Sim mm-hmm. later on in Peter Capaldi's ending with World Enough and Time and the Doctor Falls. I feel like John Sim was perfect in that mm-hmm. story. He delivered a great pause, but in his appearances with Tennant, it did seem like the sort of over-the-topness didn't quite work with him. I feel like it bordered on cartoonish at times. So mm. I feel like Sasha Dewan actually kind of actually provides a perfect balance of that, of that ridiculousness. But I think he plays in the sense that he's sort of a bit like a, like a sad brat in a way. And yeah. so I feel yeah. like he did such a great job of that. Yes, some of it is a bit ridiculous. Like, why did he bother disguising himself as Rasputin and hiding in Russia? Like, what was the point of that? But then again, I think I, think I it know was, why. That it was so just, for the, get... just for the music, just for the musical yeah. moment. That's yeah. all it was. We'll get on to that moment again, because WTF, but again, I'm sure we're going to get on to that. Yeah. Yeah. later on but um, you have you have just touched on something actually i think really interesting about the master which i hadn't thought about until now is like as much as his plan in this episode is bonkers actually with the context of the timeless children it does kind of make sense what his ultimate goal is because his goal of this is to become the doctor essentially mm-hmm. and that's off the back of the timeless children where he's discovered and shown the doctor that she's suddenly really special and important and he's really unhappy about the fact that she's like you know the most important time lord because she's the timeless child and all of that and so i sort of see that off the back of him you know discovering that and then getting defeated by her naturally like he would see the only way to kind of come back at her and you know to become what he wants to be because he wants to be the ultimate sort of time lord i suppose would be to become the doctor quite literally so mm-hmm. yeah i guess maybe that you know because this is his first plan as far as we know after the time as children he's jumped straight to this with all the cyber masters that are still a bit ridiculous but there we are um and i do think they looked a bit much better in this yes. than they did in the past i know they did redesign them yeah. quite heavily i think they do mm. yes they do look a little bit silly but not quite to the same degree as they did in the timeless children yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I do agree with what you said um, Yeah. that they, I feel like they did a good job of doing this doctor-master dynamic. I think that mm. that's what been one of the shining points of Jodie Whittaker's run, is that they yeah. had a good, strong doctor-master dynamic. Not quite as strong as, say, Delgado and Pertwee or mm. Capaldi and Gomez, but, yeah. it, but it's still a good, solid dynamic, I thought. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, and I think that Sasha Dewan has just been such a great master as well. Like, I feel like he was one of the highlights of this episode, just in his perform. You know, the performance being able to take in all the different sort of um, disguises and slightly different takes on the character, then playing the Doctor. Just, just the energy he brings to it and the the character he has, I think, is just so. It's so much fun, if nothing else. I think really, like, it's just entertaining to watch him play the master in this way that and as you say he also has that really great chemistry with Jodie and that great relationship between the doctor and the master that I think is so effective um well guys let's talk about that that WTF moment as you said Ryan um a moment which I I feel like it was kind of um Chris going full like RTD basically um and just doing something crazy um did you and did you like or dislike this scene Ryan I never thought Chimna would have topped that Sontar and Chocolate moment from Enderflux, but somehow he did with this. It's, as soon as that song came on, I was just like, oh my God, they're actually doing this. And then it went on. And as it went on, my mouth just dropped and I literally shouted, what, at the top of my voice. But, and then... To crown it all off, as the master's boogieing around, you have a Cyberman and a Dalek just looking at each other in the music like, what is the hell is he doing? And, yeah. it's, and apparently that was unscripted. That was Love improvised it. on the day, apparently, which yeah. is pretty surprising. Uh, honestly, I don't know what kind of paint in a chimney sniffed when he thought of that scene but it's, yeah. I'd, afterwards I just laughed for a straight minute afterwards and it was 
pure laughter. <laughs> and you know how they say like laughter's the best medicine. Yeah. But I think I'm gonna live till I'm till I'm like 290. I think it added a good few extra hundred years to yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so insane and ridiculous. It in a way, it's kind of like one of those bizarre moments from late seventies Doctor Who, like the, like again the, oh, the paints, and you know, and it's kind of up there with that. Where it's like, yes, it's ridiculous and it's stupid, and I should not like it, but yet in some weird, bizarre way, I kind of loved it. It was yeah. so yeah. weird. I mean. Oh my god, that's going to be imprinted in my memory. It's certainly forever. iconic. I think it. I mean, I personally enjoyed it. I know it was ridiculous, but I found it fun and enjoyed it. And I just thought, this is just, you know, this is just, this is just. Yeah. I'm just going to embrace this and enjoy this moment um, as much as it was ridiculous. So I don't know. That's right. What Charlie? Where Where do you stand on it? Um, I I kind of liked it. I don't think it detracted from the episode, and it just no. sort of encapsulates what the whole thing was. Really, just ridiculous bonkers fun exactly um, i mean there was so much stuff going on that i didn't entirely remember it by the time the episode was out it was like <laughs> i know sick on my list of crazy moments but you know yeah. um it was certainly it, it was very to watch yeah yeah and bill do you sit on the sit on the right um, side of it yeah i i am sorry to have to say this but i really really loved it first time <laughs> so yeah i just thought um yeah, it is such a bonkers thing to do, but I just thought it is actually quite somewhat in character for the master to some extent, at least this master, and yeah. even more so Chibnall's writing, because yeah. Chris Chibnall likes to put in bizarre moments like that in his writing. Um, I remember, like uh, Ryan said, that um, Sontaran with the chocolate in yeah. The Vanquishers, um, the, oh, I guess we'll have to have a conversation in resolution, stuff like that, bits of like, Wow, I get I get that that's kind of his sense of humor. And yes. obviously with humor, it's all subjective. So yes. you're either going to find it funny or not, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think this it really worked just because <laughs> it was just so absurd. You couldn't help but just find it so funny and so amusing. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna spawn a thousand internet memes for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah okay well that that covers off that moment so i feel like the next big thing we have to talk about um is the moment where we saw four class no, five classic four and a half classic doctors in the space of a minute which i know it had been rumored ish for a while but i still didn't quite believe it was going to actually happen i was like you know especially when we saw the master regenerate into the Doctor and then come out wearing a costume that had all the different Doctors sort of in the costume. I thought, well, that's where they got the idea from. It's just, you know, they've seen a picture or somebody, somebody's heard about a different costumes and actually it was just that. But we saw a load of Doctors and we saw Paul McGann on screen again and, and all of this. I mean, Bill, wasn't it just great? Wasn't it just brilliant? It really was. I mean, it was so magical to see them all again. Um, and I just loved how they were tackled in this special because it was just... Like the scenes between uh, the fifth Doctor and Tegan and yeah. seventh Doctor and Ace, they were handled so well because oh, yeah. they just were so like where, you know, like Tegan starts off that scene being and starts off the whole episode being really annoyed with the Doctor for leaving mm -hmm. her, basically, for kind mm -hmm. of supposedly forgetting all about her. Yeah. And then the fifth Doctor then later says to her, no, I never forget any of you. And, you know, and then. They talk about Adric and how the Cybermen reminds Tegan of Adric's death. And, if, and I just thought that was such a wonderful kind of little moment between the two of them. And with Dr. Nace, just them kind of coming to terms with each other and Ace kind of saying, yeah, actually, I, um, I forgive you, Professor, basically. Um, and I see what you're trying to do. And um, yeah, and then the seventh doctor finishes, but finishes it by saying, you yeah. know, we're both ace, and yeah, yeah it's just a lovely moment. Um, Such a hallway moment, it really was. And then just in general, just like I say, just seeing them in that. Um, I think it was based in the doctor's subconscious, wasn't it? Yes. All the other ones mm. um, that worked really well. I mean, that's kind of an idea that I've always kind of thought as well. Like, what happens when 
each of the previous doctors like regenerates to the next one, do they? Yeah. Go into subconscious. And so it's nice that Chibnall basically did that. Yeah. And kind of like had them in particular as the guardians of the edge, I think they, were, they called mm-hmm. themselves, um, which was really nice. It's kind of, it's a very different, but a really unique way of kind of getting the old doctors into it without just yeah. doing the same old multi-doctor story. Because mm. um, technically it is a multi-doctor story. <laughs> yeah, it's just a few in, in there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's loads altogether. But um, yeah, I mean, it does it in such a different way that I, I just think it's so refreshing to have that. And so it's not just them running up and down corridors, you know, like and bickering with each other all the time. It's actually them having some really heartfelt moments with some of their former companions and then helping to inspire Jodie's doctor to keep on fighting against the master. Um, And yeah, yeah, it was was really nice. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, yeah, I fully share all of that. It just was such a joyous moment. Um, yeah, seeing all those again. I mean, Charlie, what did you did you enjoy that moment? Was it was it surprising for starters? Did you have any inkling that was actually going to happen? Um, I I did not go in expecting um, classic doctors to appear. I no. thought it's it's a pipe dream. It's not going yeah. to happen, but yeah. it'd be cool if it did. Um, and while I don't think it was the like my favourite moment of the episode, no. um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later, but. Um, mm-hmm. It was the one where my inner Whovian was just the absolute happiest, especially since I I feel classic who doesn't get the acknowledgement that it deserves in New Who quite a lot. Like I thought Day of the Doctor, it was great, but at the end of the day, it didn't really feel like it was celebrating all of Doctor Who. And I feel this encapsulated that a lot better. In that sense. Mm. It's not better Day of the Doctor, but you know, it's I feel in that respect it kind of is. Um yeah. in when the scene first started, we just got a sort of overhead shot of um Joey Whitaker doctor standing next to a white haired figure who was sitting down and I was like oh no it's Tech Tune. we've got a yeah that's literally what I thought that's exactly what I thought it was gonna be yeah (laughs) thought the episode was ruined I was like oh no that he's done it and we're gonna see the house and everything oh yeah and as soon as it cuts to um David Bradley I was like yes yeah and then obviously we got Colin Beak uh, then we got uh, Peter Davis, and then we got Paul McGann. I was thinking, oh, it's a shame we'll get no Sylvester McCoy, and then Sylvester McCoy appeared, and it was. Yeah. I think the biggest surprise was Paul McGann. I oh, think yeah. it was like I did not expect Paul McGann to appear. I thought five, six, seven would be like the trio of them. Yes, but we got the first Doctor, David Bradley. I think lots of people don't really like his incarnation in Twice Upon a Time, and I understand mm-hmm. why, given how. Modern but handled him but I really enjoy his incarnation of the doctor like for what it is you know I think he does a good job um and then obviously yeah Paul McGann was like the highlight of seeing past doctors he was he barely got he he had like three lines and he was just fantastic I know I know yeah 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 I mean they all owned the screen really in that moment didn't they and just seeing them all back again after so many years because you know it's the first time we've really properly seen them all on screen and such a long time. I know like Peter Davison did Time Crash a few years ago and Paul did Night of the Doctor, but to see them in an actual episode of Doctor Who in, as you say, a kind of the anniversary special of the whole show rather than the anniversary special of New Who that was Day of the Doctor to a large extent um, was just brilliant. Uh, Ryan, are you in, in the same boat, one of the highlights of the episode? Yeah, I I mean, I... I kind of had a suspicion that there were going to be some past doctors that were going to be showing up in the mm-hmm. latter half of the episode to some extent, but how it was hand, I was more curious how they could have handled it, and I thought they handled it really well. I mean, just seeing, I mean, the first doctor is for me. He is still the the first doctor, the original to me, and always will be. And and I can understand. Some of the writing for him in Twice Upon Time was maybe a little bit iffy at times, but what worked for him in that story really worked, I will mm. I will say. And I thought David Bradley did such a, a great job with him. I mean, when, as I said, when he was great in time of Twice Upon a Time, he was really good and provided a good counterpoint to what Peter Capaldi was going through in that story. And and I thought he just captured William the essence of William Hartnell so beautifully. And then, of course, we have... Again, Paul McGann, who is probably my 
I would say my maybe my fifth or sixth favorite doctor, Paul McGann. I've just mm. seen him again and and him being like and him having his his own traditional appetite. He's like, I don't do robes myself and Sylvester McCoy's like there's always one. <laughs> it's yeah, just, just great, wasn't Paul it? McGann is so brilliant. And of course the trio, the eighties trio of five, yeah. six and seven. And it's it actually really got to me see them because even though they have never been my personal favourite doctors. It, it, and I still grew up with these three, and, yeah. and it really affected me seeing them mm. again. Obviously, we had classic doctors in this episode, but we also saw a move, well, more than I could ever imagine of classic companions in this episode. Like, I'd seen the rumours about classic doctors appearing, so it was a surprise, but not a 100% surprise. But obviously, we knew about Tegan and Ace. But outside of that, seeing, you know, Joe... Mel, Ian Chesterton at the end of the story was one of the most wonderful moments. I think that seeing him in Doctor Who after, well, he was in it 59 years ago and he's here again. Like, that's just mental, I think. Um, him having a line of dialogue as well, he wasn't just stuck in the background, you know, as just a nice face. He got to, you know, have an actual line as well, which I thought was just brilliant. Um, and just that concept that I don't know why they've never done it before, really, the sort of Companions Anonymous, you know, meeting a little support group for former companions is is a great idea, I think. It's just fundamentally a really cool idea, a really fun way to bring them all together and incorporate the ones, well, at least the ones who have been left on Earth, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Charlie, was, was that another highlight, seeing all these classic companions back in Doctor Who again, even if it was just briefly for some of them? Absolutely, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, obviously... Um... We had Tegan and Ace, and we got Graham as well, who's not a classic companion, but it was still nice to see him, even though his work in the actual episode, you know, the bulk of the episode was kind of pointless, but it was nice to see him. Um, but as soon as I know there was the filming leaks, wasn't there, with the um, the outside yes. area, and we saw we saw Graham there, we saw Yaz, um, yes, and that yeah. was where the, first, the Graham speculation started. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as soon as... Graham and Dan showed up and said like you weren't invited I sort of got an idea that it would be sort of a gathering of classic okay. companions um and yeah it was just fantastic we got um I think it was just three extra ones wasn't it, it was Mel yeah. Joe and Ian um yeah. I know there's there's been like you know um there's been talks of like Mel hasn't there I know there's been some other yeah. slight rumors of that for her coming um, back for the 60th, which which mm. I'm now wondering whether it's just because of this that that ended up yeah. being a rumour or whether actually she's in the 60th. Who, who knows? Mm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But. Yeah, so I, I sort of expected Mel, and then we got Joe, and I was like, yeah, you've got to have Joe. Um, and then Ian. I was very surprised about that, but I yeah. was so happy because, mm -hmm. and like you said, he didn't, you know, he, he wasn't just like a, a background character. He was, he had a line, he was there. And I think it's really fantastic just to see, like he was in An Unearthly Child, yeah, which I yeah. actually watched earlier today because oh. I'm doing a big marathon of all of Doctor Who before the 60th. Oh, wow. Um, Good luck doing that in, in 12 yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I'll hopefully get through lots of classic Who in holidays. So um, mm, that's the way to do it. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's kind of crazy. Because I watched, I rewatched Power of the Doctor today. So I watched An Unearthly Child with Ian in his thirties, wow. and then Power of the Doctor with Ian in his nineties. It was, it yeah. was kind of crazy. That and is crazy. It's just wow, fantastic to see. I kind of, after seeing Ian, kind of hoped we'd get to see Caroline Ford as well. Yeah. Um, I can't say I'm disappointed with the whole episode that she wasn't in it, but um, yeah. it would have been cool to see as well. Yeah, I guess it would have been hard to explain it given she's been left two hundred years in the future. <laughs> Yeah, true. that's 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 what was tricky. And, and mm. whereas initially I was I was thinking, oh, you know, why are they not there? Why are they not there? But actually, it's because a lot of them have been yeah. left in situations where they couldn't be there now. Like Romana's um, on Gallifrey, yeah. Lena's on Gallifrey. Exactly. Yeah. And like even looking like at new series companions, you know, like Donna can't remember the Doctor, sort of. Um, Rose, you know, she's stuck in a parallel universe. Um, well, Martha just probably just wouldn't bother. Um, Amy and Rory are dead or trapped in the past. Yeah. Clara's off flying around. Like all the, none of the companions yeah. can actually just come back, can they? No, Mickey's Noel Clark. Yes, yeah, um, Mickey is yeah. Noel Clark, <laughs> which is a bit of a problem now. Yeah, Captain yeah. Jack is John Barrowman as well. That's also an issue. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? But um, Bill, was it a joyous moment to see those classic companions that we did? Yeah, it was really nice to see them again. Um, I think yeah, Ian especially. Um, 
just like I said earlier, it's just so lovely to have him back. Um, and yeah, like like Charlie was saying, just the fact that he was there right from the very beginning, and then to yeah. see him in the show nowadays, even for just a few minutes, was just so. It again, it's it's all about. This is why again, it feels a bit like an anniversary special yeah. because it's like kind of. It's just in a past. It's um, in a way, I kind of want to say it's almost like it's come full circle in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's gone from, you know, having Ian as a young man flying off with the first Doctor in the 60s yeah. to then him um, getting to chat to some of the other companions um, mm-hmm. in the 2020s. And yeah, that's wasn't that surprising because, like, Joe is such an iconic and well-beloved uh, companion that, if you're going to bring back any co- classic companion, it would make sense for her to be at least one of them. And then Mel, Mel's an interesting one because like you say, there's stuff about her being potentially in the 60th, which I know is based off um, Catherine Tate in filming when she's yes. playing Donna saying, oh, what about Mel? And then uh, David Tennant's 14th Doctor yes. says, um, oh yeah, she's brilliant or something like that, which... Yeah is interesting like like you say it's it this is why i i feel like um it's going to be an interesting situation when it comes to just who is coming back for 60th in general yeah. because like you've already had the classic most classic doctors apart from tom baker because he didn't want to take part in it yeah. um because he wasn't able to but um you've already had most of them come back and then obviously there's a whole Chris Fackleston stuff and Peter Capaldi's not that keen on coming back either. Yeah. So then you're really just left with, for previous doctors anyway, you're left with Matt Smith and Jodie Whittaker who has only just left. Yeah. So then it's, it's, it's weird to think of, well, what exactly are they doing for 60 if they're not? Or is it going to have more than one doctor or is it just going to be primarily anyway, David Tennant and Catherine Tate leading with Shooty yeah in for bits of it maybe um and yeah the same for companions it'd be really interesting to see where exactly what exactly happens with the 60th in regards to that yeah i mean i yeah i really i think it's really interesting i think there it will be a very different situation because we've had this episode i think sort of if if you know chris had ended his era with i'm not saying with legend of the sea devils but with a story that wasn't so celebratory then maybe Russell would have taken a more almost celebratory approach to celebrating the 60th because, as you say, he's kind of narrowed it down to actually the only other Doctor who could really appear is Matt Smith. You know, to have a substantial role, yes, maybe we could get the classics in for cameos again, but then they've just done that in this episode. So is it really something you want to repeat in your next episode? So it's sort of, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there will be surprises and, you know, Russell sort of intimated that, that you know, we just because you've seen a load of location filming doesn't mean you know everything that's happening in these specials like there's loads of stuff we don't know about and and i do kind of feel like matt smith will end up turning up i kind of do think that's going to happen but actually that he might be the only other doctor we see um and it might be much more focused on you know maybe some classic monsters i mean we've got beat the meep among others obviously coming back which is a bit bonkers from the comics um and yeah i just think it's going to be fascinating to see but i think it's going to be quite a different sort of celebration to what we've had in well in this episode and to what we've had in day of the doctor as well um back in 2013 it's a a real different approach and so ryan we've obviously spoken about the little cameos but what about tegan and ace did you feel they were well served in this story like did you think they had you know they were well written had the opportunity were you know able to bring the performances again just how did you think they kind of hit in this episode i thought they were handled very well and I mean, they meant a lot to me because of the fact that I grew up with them. And they were the best companions of the 80s. And mm. they sort of really elevated that the whole 80s for me. And so seeing them again and seeing how changed they are and how mature they've been since um, their last story just really actually really affected me in a lot of ways, especially when they see their, their own doctor again and just seeing... Davison with Tegan and I've said on record that I'm not a huge fan of Peter Davison's Doctor but yet I actually kind of choked up seeing 
Davison interact with Tegan again. And then, of course, it really hit me in the feels when Sylvester McCoy and Ace yeah. Um, yeah. Had, had their moments, which honestly really got to me. And, of course, when he, we do see all those companions at the end, I think having Ian there was actually was the one that really got to me. I mean, he's probably the most significant because the Doctor probably wouldn't have been the person that they are because of without Ian and Barbara, they were the ones mm. that brought out his compassionate, heroic side. It was thanks to yeah. those two, the thing Ian show up that makes it all the more significant. And so, and the fact that in a way, this was sort of an anniversary special enough itself. It's, I think it's going to be a bit weird. The fact that for Russell, the 60th anniversary isn't really doing anything all that celebratory, except yeah. for maybe his own stuff back in the late 2000s. Mm. And it's, and if it's just going to be a completely different story where presumably for two of the three specials, it's just David and the last one, it's just shooty. It's going to be very, it's going to be a very different type of anniversary special than what we've got in the past. Yeah, I do think we're looking to something quite different in 2023 and maybe different to what we had all been expecting for the last few years because of this. And that's that's not, you know, a bad thing necessarily. I think it's just set Russell a different challenge to maybe what he was initially expecting to have. Um, but I think, you know, we can obviously have a lot of cons- confidence in Russell. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to pull something great out for, for the specials. I'm sure he will. Um, and well, we've got many, many months to speculate about it, of course. And obviously talking of, of um, the return of David Tennant and the whole RTD2 situ, we must talk about the regeneration itself. Um, the great moment where the Doctor regenerates outside the TARDIS for the first time since, well, I guess Paul McGann, I suppose. Um, and also, and then Tom Baker in Logopolis um, would be the other one, I think. If we had any others. Oh, and, I, and John Pertwee was just outside the TARDIS, wasn't he? Um, so those were our three up until now. And, yeah, okay, yeah, true. But then, well, if you watched, was it called Tindous. Devious or something, doesn't he regenerate inside <laughs> yeah. the TARDIS? So, you know, it's, yeah, it's a bit debatable um but yeah so um guys what did you think of the actual regeneration of going from jodie whittaker into david tennant um charlie what did you think of it well it was a fantastic scene to be honest um i'm yeah i'm really happy with what we got um i know there were sort of rumors of this um you know like a very um quiet regeneration sort of you know an, an alone regeneration on top of a cliff you know yeah. um overlooking the sea and yeah we got that um yeah. i think it was fantastic it looked really nice the cgi looked cool the visuals mm. were great the music was fantastic we got like yeah. a very epic orchestral version of um the 13th Doctor's theme by sagan mm. akinola which was great i feel a great way to end his time in the show as well um and yeah, the scene was fantastic. And then as soon as the um the clothes started changing, which really surprised me, I was like, what's going on here? Um, and then obviously we got David Tennant, which as soon as all the clothes, I sort of knew, yeah, we've seen that exact same suit in um location footage, haven't we? Um and yeah, I wasn't overly surprised given that I kind of expected it to be um Jodie and Sir David and then no shoot. Yeah. Um. It, I thought that like the fact that it, you mentioned it, it was much more of a quiet regeneration, and and because mm. given the fact that in the previous two regenerations all day and just it's like I'm glad that they didn't decide to go in that same direction. It's a much more quieter regeneration for Jodie and her final line of Doctor Whoever I'm about to be tag your it. I think is. Yeah brilliant for her doctor and mm. and then of course I thought that there was a good way to end the final scene of her and then of course her, the, the clothes regeneration the first time since mm. the first ever regeneration yeah. since that had happened and David now officially the 14th doctor he's not a special yeah. type of one he's not in the vein of the fugitive or war doctors, mm-hmm. he's officially number 14 and Shooty is 15. Yeah, that was I surprising. That's a really bold thing, and Russell mm. himself has confirmed this as well. So yeah, it's I think this is probably the 
maybe the second time this has happened where an actor has come back and played two different versions of the Doctor. Of course, we had Tom Baker in um, yeah. the 50th anniversary, but I think this is the first time they've actually really properly went for it. Mm. And if that's the case, this I think it's going to, the 14th Doctor's going to join the likes of the 8th Doctor as one of the shortest running Doctors we've had in Doctor yeah. Who history. <laughs> so, and, mm. and I'm it does have me wondering if Tennant is going to play the 14th Doctor in the same way as he did the 10th Doctor, if he's actually yeah, going to do something that. different this time around. It's going to be very interesting to see if he's actually going to do something different with the mm-hmm. part this time around that maybe he couldn't have done with the 10th Doctor. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to finding that out. And I'm sure it'll open up many new avenues for Big Finish to make the 14th Doctor adventures with David Tennant once again. Um, I'm sure Big Finish are already, already looking at the money, money, money there. But um, no, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, and Bill, well, what, was this what you were expecting from the regeneration? Was, was, were, you, were you expecting it to be into Tennant or where, where did you expect it to go? Um, well, given what we'd seen of the filming pictures in, I think it was Bristol, um, and just... The general sort of like vibe I was kind of getting going into this, I thought, yeah, it probably is going to be into David Tennant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't a surprise when he appeared. Mm. Um, I'm glad he's back because Tenth Doctor is my favorite Doctor. So to have David Tennant back is really, really cool. And I'm really looking forward to him and Catherine Tate having more adventures mm. um, in the 60th because uh, that's another Doctor and companion team that I've always really liked. And, um, yeah, I, I understand, like, it was different in terms of the clothes changed um, compared to, like, recent uh, regenerations anyway. Obviously, the very first one, uh, Patrick Troughton did wake up uh, from the regeneration with most of his outfit already yeah. there. But... I understand that some people, some perhaps newer fans weren't quite that keen on it because they thought, well, why are they doing this? Why, why is it so like, why have they changed the clothes? And I think it comes down to, I think a lot of it was probably the behind the scenes stuff, the production stuff, like how we know that the um, TARDIS console room itself has been dismantled. So mm, yeah. I would be very surprised if we saw anything of, I know they're going to be using Jodie's police box, but I'd be very surprised if they used anything of the interior in Mm. the 60th, um, unless they literally just used a green screen, which (laughs) I don't don't know how that's going to look. Um, But um, yeah, it's, I, I, I feel like that's kind of fine. If it is the production side of things, that's completely fine. If it's just, Russell kind of just wanted to show that this regeneration really is very different from the past few that we've had and that there is, I'm sure there'll definitely be a reason why David Tennant is back as a doctor. Oh yeah. Um, And, you know, it won't just be like, some people may think it's just because, you know, he's the most popular doctor, but I I'm sure there's a real proper explanation that will come in the 60th for it, Um, which, uh, I'm sure will make a lot of sense or hopefully will. And um, yeah, it's it's just nice to have him back really. And just kind of, it just ended the episode really kind of just on this really nice kind of note for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just in the trailer, next time trailer seeing him uh, with Catherine yeah. Tate again. And then, uh, we saw a bit of Neil Patrick Harris, who I'm yeah. guessing is the Celestial Toy Maker, yeah, and Shooty, and yeah, mm. um, uh, yeah. I think it's it's really shaping up to be a really, really um, exciting new era for Doctor Who, uh, especially with the stuff we found out about Disney Plus mm. and the new uh, or refresh of the old Diamond logo and everything yeah, being used exactly. now um yeah just really looking forward to it overall yeah exactly i think i'm I'm really looking forward to it too and i think i'm i feel remarkably like happy and okay with where we're at like i remember when it was first rumored in january that david Tennant was going to be the 14th doctor i was like this is a terrible idea it's never going to work they shouldn't do it surely this is a load of nonsense 
and now it's actually happened and I don't hate it. So I'm kind of, I, I don't know, maybe I've just had enough time to get used to it. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see what next year is going to bring and, you know, what what Russell's going to bring to the show, a new era, a new feel to the show again, because, you know, we've had this same Chibnall era feel to it since, well, for the last four years, since, since Series 11 was airing this time four years ago. Um, and just to have that fresh new experience of Doctor Who, I think, is something so to look forward to, even if we've got a long wait for it. I think that's going to be um, really, really great. So overall, guys, would we say that we're kind of at least in the more positive camp for towards this episode? Like, generally, it was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, it's, as you said, Charlie, I think at the start, it's not Heaven's Send. It's not The Doctor Falls. It's not the greatest episode of Doctor Who ever. But actually, it was quite fun. It was quite enjoyable. It was full of great fan service that that we all love. Um, and so, yeah, you guys think overall a pretty positive experience. Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, yeah, it doesn't quite reach the heights of, well, for me, the gold standard of regeneration stories are still, you know, the War Games, Case of Androzani and Capaldi's end trilogy of World yeah. Enough and Time, The Doctor Falls and Twice Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. For me... Those are still like yeah. the gold standard of regeneration stories for me, mm-hmm. but I think this was still a solid ending. In a, yeah, it's all right. I wish it was. It was a. It ended with a good, consistent, solid run throughout her entire era. I wish mm. it, she had a much better era than what we got. But yeah. I'm happy that at least she ended on a. On at least a solid enough note, and mm. as I said at the beginning, even though I didn't completely love the story or thought it was a masterpiece, in the end that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it may be a chaotic mess at times, but at least it was Chibnall's mess. And honestly, I don't think I would have it any other way. To be <laughs> honest, yeah, it felt. <laughs> I think it really did feel the sort of fitting finale that we hoped. I suppose it's not perfect, but it kind of is completely fitting with the Chibnall era of Doctor Who. That you know, it just really yeah. sums it up, I think. Yeah, yeah I feel absolutely. it's sort of the um the best case scenario of what we could have got. <laughs> like yeah. we could have got um a load like 90 minutes of pure just exposition about fugitive yeah. doctor, timeless child, just a massive PowerPoint Ooh. presented by Duane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like timeless child, but 90 minutes, and it's just yeah. pure that. Uh, that was the worst case, but this is sort of the mm-hmm. best we could have got. Like, no one was yeah. really expecting anything masterful. Well, you know, ah. um, yeah, Great <laughs> pun, joke. pun not intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it, it was it was a solid entry into. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who, I, I'd give it like an eight out of ten. I'd say. Yeah, it's it's that kind yeah. of level, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And Bill, would you agree? Yeah, yeah would. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I I have my issues with it, and you know, there's issues being Dan's exit. Um, I wish yes. he'd been in it yeah. more. Um, yeah. but I also understand his reason for leaving. Yes. Um, and I feel like it was handled as well as it could be, given that he was only in it for a few minutes. Yes. Really. Um. So that's fine the whole timeless child thing not being resolved yeah it is a shame i kind of get that um like charlie was saying ultimately it it's better that it was the episode that we got rather mm-hmm. than a powerpoint presentation all about the yeah. timeless child yeah. and yeah. all that because nobody would want that at all um so i think i think it just shows how the the Thomas Child is one of those ideas for Doctor Who, which, like the Cartmore Master Plan, when they were plotting that in the late 1980s, mm-hmm. um, I think Andrew Cartmore and Ben Aronovich have both said how they were always trying to be careful not to go too far with it, not to kind of like overtly say, right, the Doctor is the other and the Doctor is this and that, is mm-hmm. like a god, um, because they then knew that they would then be back to square one with the mm-hmm. exact problem they were trying to as you know rectify and i think that kind of shows with the timeless child and why perhaps chibnall Mm. didn't go further with it and then i suppose it might be a similar thing with the fugitive doctor i i wish we'd have gotten more of joe martin yeah um i would i i mean i'm i love the fact that she's getting her own big finish series but i'd also love it if she could get her own spin-off at some point because i think she definitely deserves that um but even even though she was only in it for a few minutes, the hologram, at least she was still in it. And, yeah. you know, she was still acted so amazingly 
in mm-hmm. those few minutes. And yeah, I think that's about, to be honest, if, if it's just them kind of issues of not properly resolving some stuff, yeah, I think that's kind of worked probably quite well for the episode overall, because, mm-hmm. you know, at least it, at least Chibnall didn't try and just to completely tackle these things on and then it'd be even more of a mess than mm. we got. Um, so it the, these things could have been um, resolved a lot better, a lot more satisfactorily, but at least um, we've kind of got them resolved a bit in back in flux. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's where we're at. Because Chibnall decided he's not going to try and resolve everything in 90 minutes, we got a much better episode for it. We got a better ending for the for the era for it. Even if when we go back and watch it all again, we'll be left with a few open questions and open ends that will never be resolved. And I guess to an extent, that's the nature of a lot of Doctor Who. There's it's full of plot holes. It's full of open threads that you know writers and showrunners created and thought were a great idea and then didn't really know how to end them, so just kind of left them. Um, and I think that these will kind of be parts of that as well. But yeah, overall, I think it was a great story. It was it was a lot of fun, and we're set for a really exciting new era to come in 2023. Um, after the year-long wait. That's going to be really exciting. Of course, today, as we record today, we've got the new logo, as you mentioned, Bill, the new diamond style, um, a proper throwback to the 1970s, 1980s. Well, yeah, 1970s, essentially, of Doctor Who. Um, I don't know. I do Well, the, the, the main question is, do we think this is just for the 60th or is it the new logo for the whole of RTD2? I think it's the new logo for the whole of RTD2. Okay. I'm willing to put a bet on that. Okay. I... And, and honestly, I'm someone who absolutely adores the Tom Baker era and actually mm-hmm. thinks it's so brilliant. Well, at least the first three, the Hinchcliffe Holmes era especially, yeah. and growing up with that. Just seeing that being a modernised version of that logo, mm. just what more can you ask for? It's good. Yeah. It's, it looks amazing. I'm glad mm-hmm. that's the new logo. And I hope, I mean, I hope it doesn't affect the blu-ray collection range yes please please don't we want consistency with that at least and also funny a little bit of an interesting thing is that then we might have a the new composer i think we might have some confirmation of who hint of who that could be where'd you get Um, that from uh, um twitter um blair mauer who was the composer of class he actually retweeted this and said well, here we go again. It's got some people thinking, like, could he be like the new composer of? Um, it would be interesting, yeah. I, I honestly mm-hmm. don't see Murray Gold coming back. So I kind of do. I think he's going to come at least for the 60th specials. I think he's coming back. I don't really want him to because I've had enough of him, but I think he will. <laughs> it was notable, I thought, on the Shooter Gatwa video they had today, they used the Series 4 theme underneath it, the one that was shared on social media, they used the Series 4 Doctor theme, which, I don't know, I thought, you know, you'd probably use the most recent one if, you know, you were just throwing in whatever, but they decided specifically to go back to the Dave Tennant era one, Murray, one of Murray Golds, to use under that. I thought that was just a little interesting extra bit there. Um but yeah, I think, you know, a new logo is always exciting. It starts a, re- a you know a fresh new era for the show. Um, Russell's certainly not, you know, holding back. He's getting on with it. He's changing things. He's announced this massive Disney Plus deal today where Doctor's going to be shown anywhere, anywhere that's not the UK, basically you'll be able to watch it on Disney Plus, which is so good for marketing promotion. It's so much easier to promote the show than saying, oh, in this country, it's on this channel, in this country, it's on that, blah, blah, blah. You can just say, if you're not in the UK, it's on Disney Plus, go and watch it. And it's just going to be so cool. As much as we obviously in the UK can't get it, it's going to be so great for Doctor Who to be sitting alongside Marvel and Star Wars on Disney Plus. Like to have it up there in that, you know, the same sections in that sort of a platform, I think is just massive for the show. Um, you know, and maybe could be potential for spin-offs in the future on Disney Plus or something. I don't know. It's just a thought with a bit of funding from them or even for us, whether they could that they could fund some animations in the future. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, yes. because of course yeah the because of course we can now work out that BBC America obviously are not showing Doctor Who anymore so that's clearly why they pulled out doing funding for the animations because they're not going to be involved with the show anymore um, so that'll make sense but now Disney it's your turn come and finance some amazing classic Doctor Who animations please please we need some more I mean they can't just leave it yes for so many and then just 
end it there. We need more of that. And well, after the Dalek Master Plan reference in the episode, we need Dalek Master Plan animated. Yes. That's the exactly. sign. Yeah, even exactly. if it takes them until like 2026, I just, I just really just do want it. Yes. like missions to be unknown and Dalek's Master Plan in one like three disc set would be. Yeah. Fantastic. That's it. That's that's all I want. Even if I don't need more, just do that one. We all just want yep. that one. Um, and well, I think that's a great note to end and we're running out of time. So we're going to leave it there for today. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed our discussion all about Power of the Doctor and all things around it. I'm sorry we couldn't cover off absolutely everything, but it was an episode kind of just too packed full of stuff to talk about everything. Um, but we will be back again soon, of course. We'll be back to our normal programming, I suppose, of talking about DVDs and Blu-rays. We will soon, I hope, have the Season 2 Blu-ray to discuss. We obviously haven't properly discussed it on the podcast. And when we get an official release date, then we will do a podcast discussing all the you know, the special features because they've got the official list breakdown. The rumour is it's going to be the 14th of November, but I'll believe it when I see it. And also the rumour, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or it's just a rumour, is that the Series 13 specials, so this year's specials release, I think is the 7th of November is the name, the number I've seen. So also quite soon. So it might be that in the next month we get two new releases, which is pretty cool. But um, well, we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. And well, if they do, we will certainly be talking about them here on Kavam. Uh, but as always, do check us out on Twitter at Kavam Pod. You can check us out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and on my YouTube channel, EMS Productions. So wherever you're not listening or watching, you can go to any of those and enjoy the podcast. But from me, from Charlie, from Bill, from Ryan, it is goodbye for now. <laughs>